Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Flair podcast. This is the podcast where we explore the world of art and everything creative. And today we are delving into the world of AI artworks. This is something I'm really, really interested and passionate about. And I've never been more prepared for talking about a subject in my life. So this podcast episode is going to be ever so slightly different because I have made an umpteen amount of notes on my phone about talking about this topic. Let's just move that. I haven't really set this up very well. There we go. Right. I can actually talk into this now. I know it's not the most elegant setup, but we're getting there. Yeah, this is episode five of the podcast. I'm still really enjoying this and it's so much fun. Anyway, this is a topic I'm really, really interested about. And it's something I've spent quite a while learning about how to do and how to use. And uh, by all means, I'm no expert in this field. My expertise lies in art and specifically painting, drawing and art in general. My knowledge of AI artworks is not as pronounced as a lot of digital artists are. As a traditional artist, I'm not so concerned around AI generated artworks, but today I'm here to explain AI works, the impacts, the pros, the cons, the benefits, and what a lot of people are currently concerned about with AI generated work in the art world. So if you follow me on any of my social media platforms, you might have seen a short video that I did the other week talking about, is it wrong to use AI generated work to help you? And on that video, I got a little comment that was really, really nice. And believe me, I read every single comment I get. So. They, they said, I love your page, and I guess we disagree on this subject, but I would love to see you expand on the idea that it's wrong to claim AI art as your own, when in fact that piece wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. Especially because I feel like the conversation always tends to be the same and going in circles. You look like you know your art history and would love to hear your thoughts, not so much as a retinal artist, illustration mainly, but as a conceptual art piece. How does AI relate to the contemporary art world landscape as a whole, not just for illustrators? Especially a hundred years after Duchamp took the Mona Lisa for himself, pushed the boundaries of what art can be. Love your account though. So that was a really nice comment. They said some really nice things. It's going to make my ego explode soon, but yes. So anyway, I thought that I'm more comfortable cross-legged. How is that? See, now we can reposition this. So I thought that that would be a really, really interesting topic for a podcast episode. Now, I have thought about doing this episode in the past, and it's been really interesting for me to think about. So I've spent a little bit of time actually writing down lists of what I want to talk about in this podcast episode. That is specifically because, as they said, this conversation usually just goes round and round in circles. So I thought it would be really great to actually start from the very top and explain what AI is, how it works, how the art world's using it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So first off, what is AI? AI is artificial intelligence, which basically uses a whole load of data that's been collected and then writes it out in a human-like fashion which for a lot of people currently is mostly used through chat GPT, which if you haven't heard of, you might have been living under a rock. But it's a really interesting bit of technology that I find really interesting how all of this is affecting the art world. But anyway, so essentially artificial intelligence is the use of machine learning for certain tasks that would otherwise require human intelligence. So this is where machine learning comes into play. 
where AI only has to learn how to perform one task one time and it can repeat that task over and over again and every single time improve it ever so slightly. Now, a lot of places are using AI to do very mundane tasks, such as chat support sort of things. And Google's using that an awful lot. So I have joined Bard, Google's Bard, and oh my God, I hate it. I've also joined the new Bing, which is really interesting. And that works like wonders, but I'm not a massive Google supporter in the first place. So I'm a little bit biased towards it. I won't lie. So AI is very much designed and developed to improve over time and improve every single time it does one of those tasks. So it's learning from its mistakes and then improving them. That's what the base core of AI is meant to be. There's an awful lot of different types of artificial intelligence out there. So one of the biggest ones is using it for speech recognition. This is where your Amazon Alexa or Google Home might come into play. You also then have image recognition, which is where Google do a great job at this. So if you take a photo on your phone and then look at it in Google Photos, if you swipe up, it'll actually tell you what is in the photo and what it's looking at. And it will give you a whole bunch of information around that. So if you take a photo of a specific laptop, so if you take a photo of a specific laptop, let's say it's a Dell laptop, it will recognize that it's a Dell laptop, even though it's not seen that specific image before. It knows what it's looking at based off the vast amount of data sets that it's been using and looking at. But AI doesn't know that it's looking specifically at that or what it's meant to be training on. So sometimes it gets things wrong, but if you tell it that it's wrong, then it's learning and it's eventually improving it every single time, as I've mentioned before. So that's the baseline of AI and what AI is. And so as I'm not a specifically tech-based podcast, I'm going to be focusing specifically on AI in the art world and the creative industry and how it's going to make an impact and a change for us. My back hurts now. So I'm very aware that there's an awful lot of people in the art world that are concerned about AI taking their jobs and being able to use creativity. This is very, very complicated to talk about and very complicated to explain because there's so many different avenues around it, which is why, as the commenter mentioned earlier, the conversation usually just goes around in circles because one person wants to focus on one topic of AI and one person wants to focus on another topic of AI. I'm one human being here, people, right? This is my little podcast and I'm going to explain the best I can to you about AI and how it's being used in the art world. And one massive thing that I'm going to cover is copyright law because copyright law and AI art is a massive thing. And I'm going to cover that a little later. Okay, so let's start with this. So generative artificial intelligence. This is where Artificial intelligence is using algorithms and data sets to create new pieces of artwork based on certain parameters or prompts that it's being given. And this is the biggest one we're seeing at the moment and the biggest one that comes to mind when a lot of people mention AI artwork. You might have heard of DALI 2 or Mid Journey. This is what that is specifically around. So you give a prompt to the AI. Let's say we want it to create a painting of a house in the 18th century in the style of Monet. So that will then register and it will scroll through its entire data sets and, and combine images of an 18th century house. 
it will then have access to all of Monet's works and reg and recognize what his style is and was, and then merge that together. So it then also knows what a painting is. So it will give the illusion and style of the painting. So it will give you an output of the prompts you've generated. That's the essential basis of generative AI in art. There's a mass number of ways that artificial intelligence is being used in the art world. Some of them for better, some of them for worse. And we'll get into those, but I'm just going to cover what is being used at the moment. So that's the first one, generative AI, right? I've got four of these. We've got generative AI, which is using algorithms to generate new pieces of artwork based on the parameters and prompts that it's given. We have enhancing existing artworks. So artificial intelligence can be used to enhance works of art. So it could be used for, and Adobe have done a fantastic job of this, where they take old images that have like been broken up over time or they're black and white, and you can actually colorize those images. And that's mostly done using AI. So that's the second way that it's being used in the art world. And it's not just photographs, it's not just images, it's all sorts of oil paintings and artwork. So let's say, for example, there's a fantastic art restoration company called Factomati, which I actually wanted a summer job at, but they never gave me. But they're fantastic and I still keep up with them. And they're amazing people. They do such amazing works and they do a whole bunch of stuff. But one thing I want to focus on is the art restoration side of it. So they will be hired to restore a historic piece of artwork. So the way you need to do that is they will take photographs of the artwork, they will then go into software and, and by hand go through what parts of the artwork need to be restored. Then by a human, they have to color match what color it was, the pigments, how it was done, and basically restore that painting and artwork. Now, AI could be a very beneficial thing for this as it might be able to physically look through that image look through the artist's other artworks, recognize what style that artist painted in and have information in the data sets on that artist, which could tell us exactly what we have to do as humans to restore that historic artwork. And that could be identifying what parts are cracked, what parts are missing, how to color match a specific part of the painting. There's a, and that's so beneficial. I can't think of what's wrong with that. All that's doing is using AI to help you. It's not using AI to cheat, but there's other forms of this. And that's just the second one. Okay. Third one, style transferring. So this is quite interesting. And I would actually compare this with the printing press, if you will. Okay. So artificial intelligence can be used to transfer the style of one piece of artwork to another piece of artwork, which is then creating that new artwork. So this would involve training an algorithm on a particular style and then using it to apply that style to images. And there are companies that have done this and they do them as apps. And I'm pretty sure one of them is called Stylize. And what that is, is it's taking a photograph and then in within the app, you're then asking it to make that photo into the style of a drawing. And Three or four years ago, this was really crap because all it would do is just go, right, we're going to do 
an overlay. And all it would do is take the image, put an overlay on top of it. And every single one of them would be the exact same thing. And it would all have this weird cross-hatchy thing on it. And it just looked rubbish. But now, and more recently, with the use of AI and integrating that, it's not putting an overlay on. It's actually taking that image and registering, right, this is a dark part, so there needs to be more cross-hatching here. This is a light part, so there's less hatching here. But then it would actually give you that image that would be different from just adding an overlay onto it, which you could compare to the printing press. And there's a whole bunch of other ways that this is used. So it's taking one artwork style and then creating new artwork styles in that style. Does that make any sense or am I just talking gibberish at this point? Before I run my mouth off, we'll go on to the last one, which is assistance in creation. I quite like this one. So artificial intelligence can be used to assist artists in their work, providing recommendations on input and a set of parameters. Now, I find that quite interesting because AI can be used to help artists with their work. Now, this is where we get into the really nitty gritty controversial topics. Got no idea how long this has been going on for now, but this is a topic I'm really interested in. I'm really passionate about. And if you're listening, hopefully you are too. Okay. So is it wrong to allow artificial intelligence to help you with your art? Yes or no? I'm going to put a poll on this podcast asking that as well. And I really want to know because And I will give you both arguments for this. So don't vote yet, but I'll give you both of the arguments. Okay, so this is really controversial. And there are several arguments for this part. And I'm going to give you both sides of the argument here. Is it wrong to use AI in your artwork? No. Because artificial intelligence is the next tool that can be used for you. It's just as scary as the printing press was back in the day. Yes, it's a little more scary. But because we have the use of technology, it's a lot more accessible for people. But it is allowing people to register what their mistakes are within art. Now, I'm not talking about entering a prompt and then it gives you an output. I'm talking about using AI to help you develop your artwork. You can give ChatGPT4 an image and it will tell you about that image and register within that image. So let's say, for example, you did a drawing in a style of Van Gogh and you were trying to work on that style. You could then upload that image and ask ChatGPT, what is wrong with this and how can I improve it? And it will give you a list of things that are wrong with it and a list of ways that you can improve it. Now, is that wrong to get help? in learning how to draw or learning how to create. And it goes for learning how to do drawings and creating things as well, because I learned how to draw from YouTube and I learned how to draw and paint from other artists, such as Andrew Tischler. And I've learned how to do that. If I had artificial intelligence when I was, when I was learning how to do these things, when I first started, absolutely, I would have used it, but I wouldn't have used it to cheat which is where I would have given a prompt. It would give me an output and then artists claim it as itself. But we're going to get into that one later. This is about 
using it to help you with your art. So when I first started, I really wanted to learn how to draw realistic artworks. So I learned how to draw from artists such as Neat Yellow, Bethany Veer, and Heather Rooney that I've all mentioned in the past. And I watched every single one of their videos and I joined every single one of their Patreon things and learned how to do the works. And every single time I had to register, right, what's wrong with this drawing? How can I improve it the next time? Right, what's wrong with this drawing? How can I improve it next time? And I spent ages just drawing eyes, just learning how to draw a realistic eye. But with artificial intelligence, you can say, right, I want to learn how to draw realistic artworks in the style of Knee Yellow, Bethany Veer, and Heather Rooney. And then it will tell you what you'd have to learn or what resources you need in order to learn how to create in those styles and that realistic style that they all have, which saves you so much time, which isn't very different from taking lessons from your elders. So that could be a good example, because throughout human history, we have had to learn from other people. Except this time, we're learning from artificial intelligence. But artificial intelligence gets all of its information from data sets, which is being given by humans. See how this is really complicated to think about and there's a lot of avenues? Yeah, I feel my headache coming on too. So you could go through that list that it's given you on how to draw and how to create. So let's say you've done that drawing. Now, when I was just starting, I would go onto forum groups, Facebook groups, all sorts of stuff. I'd take a photo of my artwork and I'd post it and go, hey, I'm just starting, can you give me some helpful criticism and some feedback on how I can improve this? And then I would get maybe 20 separate artists telling me, this is crap, Ugh, this is bad, this is rubbish. But then you get a very select few that go, hey mate, you can improve your style by trying this, that, blob, whatever. That's how I learned. And I had to learn that from other people and other artists. A lot of them very rude, very mean, but a lot of them were really, really helpful. And they really helped me in developing my style and my artwork and the specifics. And yeah, which was absolutely fantastic. But if you don't have to go through the human process and you just ask AI to help you, which is where you could upload the image and go, look, this is what I was trying to do. What's wrong with it? How can I improve it next time? It will look through it. Then it will look at the other artist's artwork and compare them and go, you can improve this, you can improve this, you can improve this, this is how to improve it. Bang, there is your critical answer. No emotion, just right, that's how to do it. Fantastic. And then you can move forward with it. So is that wrong, yes or no? Now we'll move into, yes, it is wrong to allow AI to help you with your artwork and learning artwork and learning how to draw and paint and stuff. And this is why I gotta give you both sides of it. Yes, it is wrong for several reasons. One of the biggest ones is because we're humans and humans live for emotion, which is where we actually require an emotional response for our artwork, which is what art can be arguably for, is to create a response and an emotion and generate an emotion. But that's, that's separate. If, if you don't want a critical answer, then getting feedback off of artists is great. And Quite often, those artists will actually be less critical for you. And they won't tell you straight to your face what's wrong with it. A good select few will, 
but they'll still go, hey, this is a great start and it just makes you feel better, which can be really fantastic. But using AI to help you with your work and help you improve your artwork is 50-50. And it can be also considered wrong because AI is taking that data set off of those specific artists and using it to help you with your work, which will lead me into the next thing. So AI generated artwork. So this is where you give that prompt of the 18th century house in the style of Monet. You give in the prompt and then it will give you an image output. So you've given a text, it gives you an image. This is so fascinating for me because it's not like an image search. This is generating a new image. Now, if you've watched my podcast in the past, I mentioned something saying nothing is ever new. And I live by that fact. Everything has been done before. So we don't create anything new. We take two existing ideas, combine them, and then create our own output, which to us is creating something new. Artificial intelligence is arguably doing the same thing. So it's taking the image of an 18th century house and it's taking the style of Monet and then merging them together to create something new. Now, is that wrong if an artist does that? So if an artist paints a house in the style of Monet and then goes, look, here's a new painting. Is that wrong? Debatable. But if artificial intelligence does it, everybody goes, ah, no, it's wrong. Ah, it's going to ruin the earth. Ah, sort of thing. You see what I mean? And it's really, really interesting. It's really hard to think about and comprehend. But it's not just for that. But with image generation as well, artists don't like it because AI has access to the data sets of your work. AI has access to the data sets of my artwork and your artwork. If you've ever uploaded any artwork online, it has access to it. Now, is that wrong? Yeah, morally, that is wrong. Because it's the same thing of going on to Shutterstock to, get, to use an image. So Shutterstock is an online image reference platform that photographers can go on to upload their works and then artists can license those photos to use in their art. Okay? Now, this is designed for an artist to basically buy the rights to use that photograph but very few of them do and they just use them and don't give any credit to the photographer, which is another thing, which is credit. See, there's so many different avenues and I'm trying to explore them and I'm trying to do my best for this, okay? So let's think about this for a little bit, okay? So as a photographer, if you see your photograph being used in art, that is very damaging to you because you've taken that image and somebody else has just used it. And this is what art has not been done in the past for, but this is something that's very different. And artists aren't very used to this, of somebody taking a painting and using it. Yeah, it's been done, but it's never been that damaging for us. So this is where AI has that massive data set on us, which is where it will take the images off of a style or an artist such as Will Rotford, who's an amazing artist. He creates amazing paintings. 
And let's say you want to create an artwork in that style of Will Rochford. You give the AI generator a prompt of give me a painting of a book in the style of Will Rochford. And it will register what his artworks look like. And then it will give you an output of it. And that is where it is wrong because it's not giving any credit to the artist. And the person that's got that new image can claim that artwork, but not have to give any uh, credit to the artist for it. You see? So that's where the whole thing is just a big mishmash, mush up of just blah, blah, blah. That's the best way I can put it. It's milk <laughs> You see? So that's the other thing is artists stealing the artwork and claiming it as their own. The word stealing is wrong for that. They've generated the artwork. So if, yes, the output would not exist without the prompt. We must give the prompt. Artificial intelligence is not creative without us giving it a prompt. It can't do anything without us telling it what to do and what to create. So artificial intelligence is not creative. It must rely on its data sets and algorithms and it is set with a strict limit of parameters and that prompt, okay? So we want it to generate us an image. We give it the input prompt. It gives us the output image. Did we create that image or did the artificial intelligence create the image, right? Now I'm going to go down the route that artificial intelligence created that image, even though we gave it the prompt. It's done all the work for us, but we gave it the initial input. So it couldn't have created anything without our input. So we did play a part in it. But let's say we've used artificial intelligence to give us that image, and then we just use it. And we don't say that we've used AI to generate it, and we upload it and go, hey, look what I did. It's great. So what? That's not using any creative thought. But it is using creative thought because artificial intelligence didn't tell you what to create. You told it what to create. So you've had to come up with that prompt and that idea. Now, let's say you don't have the artistic skill to create that image that you wanted to create. So you used AI to help you generate the image that you would ideally like to create or you don't have the mind to visualize what you want to actually create in a painting. So you use AI to help you come up with the composition of the artwork. Let's say you know you want a house, you want a lake, and you want a tree. You don't know where to put each of these things. So artificial intelligence knows what a house is, what a tree is, and what a lake is. And so you ask it to help you generate a composition for a painting. It will give you a bunch of compositions and ideas that you can use to create a painting yourself in your style. And that's helping you with creating composition. But you're not then taking those artworks, uploading them and go, look, finished piece. La -di -da. You're taking inspiration from those compositions. And quite often, from an artistic point of view, you will look at them and go, hmm, I could do that better. Oh, yeah, I like that. Let's move that here. And on your sketch and initial idea, you do it, right? 
and then you paint it, then you've got a finished artwork, a finished physical painting. Cool. You haven't used other styles. You haven't used the data set of other artists and other artists' work or other artists' styles. You just wanted a tree, a lake, and a house, and it gave you the composition. And then in your own style, you have created a final finished artwork. You, you see how many different points of avenues there are around this. And it's so massively expansive to explain as a way to help you comprehend it. It processes like one quadrillion bits of information, which is a number we struggle to actually comprehend. We struggle to comprehend a trillion, let alone one quadrillion, right? That's a stupid number, but it does it. So we really struggle to think about all of this because there's so much to explore. Now, that's using AI for generating the composition and also generating a final outcome of an artwork. So this was a big thing on Instagram not too long ago, and I think it's still going on, where artists are uploading an image of stop AI-generated work or no AI-generated artwork, ban AI-generated work, right? Cool. That's not, that's not them calling to ban AI-generated work. It's them calling for artificial intelligence to stop using the data sets of their artworks, which I'm for and against. I know. I live in this little world of my own at this point, I think, because... I see the pros and I see the cons of both sides of it. And I'm, I've made a list of these as well. Okay. The pros of using artificial intelligence within art. Okay. So firstly, artificial intelligence allows artists to generate new artworks and generate new ideas with extreme accuracy. And we're seeing this within architects as well and actual designs because you could ask artificial intelligence to create a very strong structure concept. And it will give you that strong structure concept that we will then use as an architect, for example. The other thing is we can use AI to actually help us generate new leaps and bounds within the art world. We're not restrained to continuously do the same things. And if you're a person that struggles to come up with the ideas or the actual artwork, AI can help you with it, which can be really beneficial for new beginner artists, as long as they're not just giving the prompt and then saying, hey, look, I did this. Whereas in reality, all you did was just give a prompt. The, another really interesting pro is that you can use artificial intelligence to streamline your process. You can basically say, look, this is what I want to create eventually. How do I get to this point? Or how do I achieve this style of success and stuff? How do I get to that point? And it will give you a timeline and a, a list of things that you have to go through to get to that point, which could be for creating a final work. And it will say, you, know, you have to set up your composition. You have to take the reference photo. You then have to transfer that photo onto the canvas. Then you have to start painting. You can use oil paints. If you're going to use oil paints, you have to use certain mediums. With those mediums, you have to use certain brushes. And the brushes 
and it will give you all that information for free. And you can use it to help you learn and streamline that process so much faster than ever before. Now, for an artist that's experienced, you can do that in seconds. You know exactly what you're doing. But if you're a new artist, that's where it really helps. Some of the cons of using AI in art. One of the biggest concerns that people have about AI-generated artwork is that it's emotionless. Yes, it is. And that is where art has always been a very human, emotion-connected art form. It is a way that we have always communicated emotions. And when I'm talking about art, <clears throat> I'm not just talking about painting and drawing. I'm talking about everything under that art umbrella. So that's musicians, painters, drawers, everybody who falls under that art umbrella communicates their emotions within art and communicate other people's emotions within art and connect with people. And a lot of people don't like the fact that artificial intelligence can actually mimic that because it's a very human and personal experience to create art, which a lot of people feel we are now losing control of. And I understand that. The other thing as well is that if there's a mass number of people using AI to generate artworks, the algorithms do have control over it. Yes, you give it a prompt, but it picks and chooses what bits of data and references it uses to generate that output. So it has control over it. No matter what you think, it really does have that control leverage for you. As well, artificial intelligence does have the capacity to lesser the value of the role of human creativity in the world, which really take a minute to think about that. It's really concerning for a lot of people, but only if it's used wrongly. Imagine if we used artificial intelligence to help us create better works that could communicate a message stronger than we could. That would be amazing. And we used it as a tool like we do for calculators within mathematics, like we do for the print press in artworks. There's, there's, there's so many different avenues around that. So the future of AI in the art world. So yeah, there's an awful lot of concerns that are surrounding artificial intelligence in art, but you're not going to stop it. AI is here to stay, but we can control how we use it. And it, it is going to continue to play a much bigger, significant role in the art world, more than we could ever think of in the past. And we are going to see more and more artists using the technology, and we're going to see a massive amount of new artists that are generating artworks using AI, and it's going to become very saturated. But saying that, it is very important to actually explore how we use this technology and how we make use of it, which is such a big thing. So 
I'm going to go through this with you for a second. So art galleries and art exhibitions. So they've always required an art director to come in and say, look, we're going to put an artwork here. We're going to put an artwork there. This is how we create the best experience for our viewers. And yeah, and art directors will charge thousands upon thousands of pounds to do that. Just to say, we're going to put an artwork there. It's going to be this high off the floor. And this is how we create a good experience for our viewers. Okay. Now imagine getting AI and artificial intelligence to use that. Let's say you found an exhibition composition and a space that you love and you want to put the exhibition up there and you don't want to fork out thousands of pounds to get an art director to go, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. And all they do is just go, we put the artwork here, we put the artwork there. Done. Cool. Yeah, they do an awful lot more. I'm just trying to get through it. You get artificial intelligence to help you create your exhibition, which is where you go, look, AI, I haven't got a clue how to put on an exhibition. I've got a space. It's this big. It's got this sort of color walls. I want it to look like blob, right? Great. It will tell you everything you have to do to get through that. And then when you're ready to set it up, you can find an art director's style that the way they compose an exhibition and say to AI, look, I want my exhibition to look like this art, to look like this space or be set up like this or be set up like this exhibition. And it will go and it will look at its data and it will go, okay, here's what you do. <clears throat> you set up four artworks along this wall. They must be this, this, and this or they must have these colors implemented within them. And AI is using all this to help you and streamline you. And this will save you thousands of pounds. And that's where when people go, AI is wrong in art, okay? Which part of art? Because art is one of the biggest umbrellas you can think of. If you think of architecture, that falls under the art umbrella. If you think of accountants, you know exactly what you're thinking of. They're not under the art umbrella. They're in their own little field over there, but there's not a massive umbrella around accountants. But artists, you've got painters, drawers, you've got art directors, you've got digital artists, textile artists, printmakers, and the list goes on. I could literally give you the biggest list in the world of everything that falls under the art umbrella. Anything that requires creativity. So is it wrong to save yourself thousands of pounds, but you put an art director out of the job? I don't know. Your choice. And that's where this streamline of creativity is slowly being compromised. And digital artists are feeling the burn of this more and more. Because, so I'm a traditional artist, but I've also done digital art and I use Photoshop and stuff to help me create my compositions. And that's using my own artistic license to create a composition that would look great. And that's my creativity going into that. I create my composition in Photoshop. I put it onto a canvas and go, right, I'm going to paint this out. Great. Done. Digital artists, however are going to feel the burn of artificial intelligence generated works more and more because they have 
more access to your artworks within their data sets because as digital artists, your work is online. Cool. Not cool, but yeah. <clears throat> the people generating artwork from artificial intelligence generators such as Dali or Midjourney just have to put in a prompt. Bada bing, bada boom, there's your artwork. You can then upload it and go, cool, look what I did. It's online now. Done. Whereas a digital artist, digital artists, a lot of people have a problem with digital artists in the traditional art world because they see it as not so much a cop-out. They just see it as an easy thing. Digital art is not easy. And I know that for a fact. And every bit of digital artwork I see, I really appreciate it just as much as I appreciate traditional art because it's an entirely different separate set of skills that's required. But AI is actually devaluing those skills. And logo designers, you can get AI to generate a logo for you now. And you can just go, look, I want it in this style, like Nike, or with a font from Adidas. And it gives you that style. And it gives you that logo. There it is. You've just put a logo designer out of the job. And they fall under the art umbrella as well. It's not going to happen so much for traditional artists because in the traditional art world, people want prints of your work and they want originals of your work. I am by trade a traditional artist and people want originals of my artwork and they want prints of my artwork. They want commissions. They want a hand-painted human to this commission that they've got. And that's great. Cool. AI cannot do that. AI, yet, yeah, cannot pick up a paintbrush and create this commission for somebody. Okay? But the artist can go off and use AI and basically use that as a tool to help them create a painting that could connect more with human emotions and will then generate more sales for themselves. Is that wrong? I don't know. It's up to you to choose. I'm one man here, people. I can't make these sort of complex decisions because they're so complicated. Because you have to take more than just a second to think about all of the ways this is impacting different artists under this art umbrella. If that Does that make sense? This has probably been a really long episode. I've got no idea how long this has gone on for. I think I've just rambled my tongue off. And I'm going to keep going. <laughs> a little bit more. A little bit more. We're almost through. Promise. Okay. So this is where that commenter on my post, I'm going to go through that of what they called the Duchamp Mona Lisa, which is a painting by Duchamp, 1919, and it was referred to as a ready-made artwork, okay, during the Dada period. So let's go through this for a second, okay? So if you're unfamiliar with the work, the artwork is called L-H-O-O-Q, okay? And all it is is an artwork of the Mona Lisa with a mustache and a little beard, okay? That is then an original artwork, okay? This is where I go back to that thing of nothing is ever new. All they've done is take the idea of the Mona Lisa, but they've taken the physical thing of the Mona Lisa. They haven't changed much. All they've changed is they've added a mustache and a beard and have merged the two together cool great you've then got an original artwork done bada bing bada boom 
What does AI do differently? Nothing. And yes, people had a problem with Duchamp's Mona Lisa work. And people still have an issue with that. And I don't blame them. But people have more of an issue with AI artworks because AI is much harder to track back on whose artworks is it stealing from to create a new artwork for somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing. You see these points? There's so many pros to using AI within your artwork if you use it correctly. If you use it to help you and benefit your artwork and use it to benefit the art world itself, we can make leaps and bounds towards a better future for the art world. But there are those ones that will use it wrongly and they will use it to cheat and they will use it to devalue art. And if you use it wrong, then that will set the idea of what AI art is. And one way that I'm currently seeing AI devalue artworks is through sales online. So I'm going to run through this really quickly. So I sell all of my prints on Etsy. Okay. And I'll be completely transparent with you. I use a print on demand service for selling prints of my works because getting a high quality printer to print off artworks and then ship them will cost an awful lot more money. And I do not want to sell limited edition prints of my work. I would much rather sell mass production prints of my work. And I spend a very long time finding a very high quality print on demand servicer. Okay. All I do to do that for my prints is I will create the artwork. Okay. So I have physically created a print of my work. For example, I have this one that's hung up. Okay. This is an original painting that I did. Okay. And it's an oil painting. This is a scene that's just up the road from my house. Okay. I've painted this. I then go and take a very high quality photograph of it. Okay. I don't just take a photo from out here and go done. I take about 10 up close photos of the painting, merge them together in Photoshop, and then export it as a high quality photo. Once I've got my high quality photo, I put it into my print on demand service, which I use Printful. Okay. I don't like Redbubble. I won't lie. So I will upload that onto my print on demand servicer and find the highest quality print I can get and paper. And then I will create mock-up versions of it. I will use, and sometimes I'll order an actual print of it and then take photos of the print to say, and show what it looks like in person, because I want to make sure that it's a very high quality print. I want to make sure that it's the best quality that I can give my customers. And then this is why I like print on demand service. In comparison, let's say somebody has ordered a print from me and I have to do the print. I have to do the print. I then have to package it. I then have to ship it to somewhere like Latvia, right? Whereas print on demand services will actually, so I get a lot of my orders from America. Now shipping an artwork from the UK to America is very costly and it would be very expensive for my customers who want prints of my artworks. 
So I actually use the print-on-demand service, and they have a printing factory in America that they use. I get an order. That order then goes to the print-on-demand service. They then print it. They then ship it for me. I don't have any more control over that, but I make sure that my customers get the best quality service I can provide them and the best quality image and print that I can give them. Make sense? Great. <clears throat> That's how I run prints of my works. And there are people that don't like print-on-demand services. I will admit, I don't like how Redbubble handle their print-on-demand, but I find it is the best way that I can streamline my entire process of print-on-demand services, not because it's quick, not because it's easy, but because I think it's just better. Okay. There are people that do limited edition prints. Now, you can't do limited edition prints if you're going through a, a print-on-demand service. They have to be hand-printed. They have to be printed, signed, dated, sent off. That's what a limited edition print is, right? Okay. Let's say, for example, Andrew Tischler does limited edition prints, right? More than anything, I would love one of his amazing prints. And they're amazing. And one day I'm going to buy myself one. I love them, okay? But for him to print that off and ship it to me in the United Kingdom, he's based in New Zealand. For that to then be shipped to me is really expensive, right? But anyway, so that's how the print-on-demand service works. And I spent a lot of time doing my original painting that I then sell prints of. People are using artificial intelligence image generators to create the image, and then they upload them to print-on-demand service, and then they will list them on Etsy. So when somebody then buys it on Etsy, all that happens is that print-on-demand service just prints it off and sends it to them. Okay? Done. What the hell is that? There is no handmade emotion that goes into that creation of the artwork. At all. All somebody's done is input the prompt, get the image, upload it, and then it's shipped off and done. I think that is a very bad way of art. And that is what is devaluing the art world and art prints, mostly on Etsy. But it, there's people doing it and I'm seeing it. And people are mostly doing it within like pattern prints and stuff. And I think it's terrible. They're easy to spot, but it's being done. So AI generated artworks have their pros, they have their cons. And that's where if you use it right, it can be so beneficial. If you use it wrong, you're going to devalue the entire art world itself. There's an awful lot more to talk about for this sort of topic and subject, but I think I've rambled on long enough. So I'm going to end it here. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sorry if you were bored, but hopefully if you clicked on to listen to it, you have somewhat of an interest in this topic. If you'd like me to talk more about it, please let me know because there's so much more to explore on this topic. This is like the tip of the iceberg for this. We got the rest of the iceberg to cover, but I don't want to bore people with it. So thank you very much for listening. Do not let artificial intelligence ruin your artwork. Make the most of your work for what you can create. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.